0: Whoa, that's a brilliant question. There's parenting right there. That's got to the heart of the issue. My friend, you are a philosopher and that is a genius, genius question.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of My Dad Pod. I'm Dave Berry and for two years I've enjoyed gathering invaluable dad advice from some very special parents. Now Evie, my daughter, who inspired the podcast, is a little bit older, but that doesn't mean I'm done learning. And that's why joining me for this episode is a TV presenter, writer, culinary connoisseur, former greengrocer, and father to Tom, Libby and Sid, it's Greg Wallace. Hey Greg. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? very good it's great having you on the dad pod uh it really is may we start by talking about the great shape that you're in cut buff shredded there's some of the words that are being used and the reason i want to start there is you've attributed a a big part of this to your to your partner anna and baby sid tell me how did your family help inspire your fitness journey
0: well anna is my wife is incredibly fit Uh, she 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 just eats really well. She's, uh, she's an Italian who just eats healthy food. So for her, she's never had to make an effort because she was never a fat old dad like me, full <laughs> up with curry, pizza and beer. But constantly being around healthy food all the time. But also more than anything, I think having a baby boy um, and being in your, I'm 56, makes you want to be well and fit And you know you're you're aware that it's an enormous privilege, and you want to be able to play with him. You know you want to be able to wrestle with him and pick him up and swing him around and and just generally be fit. But I think Anna, Anna having Anna's just been such a massive, massive positive influence on my life in many, many ways. And I think health is just one of.
1: Uh, I mean, for all the reasons to want to get into shape, I think you've, you've highlighted probably number one there, Greg. Uh, I read that you were a little bit concerned about being an older parent. Um, previously on the Dad Pod, I'd spoken to Howard Donald from Take That, who has uh, toddlers as well as older children. And he was very honest about how he was struggling with it. Uh, so what about you? You know, um, looking back now, Sid's nearly two. H- how are you feeling? Do you feel more confident? Are you less concerned about that? Being perfectly
0: frank, I I fell in love with a younger woman um, eight years ago, uh, Anna, and I realised then that she was going to want to have children. So that's a decision I made eight years ago, not a couple of years ago. I thought if this continues, well, she's obviously going to want a family. And do I want a family? And the, the truth is, I'm so madly in love with Anna. And I said to her, I wouldn't choose to have children right now I wouldn't not at my age but it's what you want so what you want I want and I think if you fall in love with a younger woman and you tell her you don't want children I don't think you actually love that woman um so so there we are so just so you know we made we made two provisos one was which I said I'm not prepared to swap my young fun sexy girlfriend for a knackered mum can we get help in the house and being Italian she went my mum I mean that's perfect so Rina moved in And dad followed, that Massimo (laughs) followed, right? So that was that bit. And the other bit, listen to this, and it's serious. When you're my age now, 56, normally your children are grown up, they're in their 20s, and you get your wife back. You can go on holidays and the kids don't want to come with you. Now I will be in my 70s by the time Sid is 20. So the only other proviso I made was that I had Anna for two weeks on a holiday on our own. So that was it. Get help in the house. You can have a baby. Get help in the house. And I want two weeks holiday with you selfishly on my own all the time. But, however, once we'd made a decision to have the baby and he came along, I was concerned that I was a much older dad. And I was concerned about how he would feel. But both my older children, I'm really proud of this, Tom and Libby, who I brought up on my own, by the way. I was a single dad. So Tom and Libby, who are in their 20s, they were both at the hospital when their baby brother was born. And I said to my older son, I'm really concerned with baby Sid that I'm so much older. And my oldest son, Tom, went, that's all right, Dad, he's got me which almost oh. brought me to
1: tears. Oh, that's anyway. lovely, Greg. Was
0: that answer 10 times longer than you really wanted? No, no, no it was a
1: great it... answer. If, yeah. I, if I can pick into it a little bit, firstly, what a lovely thing for your, your son, Tom, to say, and as you touched on there, Tom and Libya are in their 20s, and as I say, Sid's around the two mark. So what I quite like about what you've said is, is that there's a pragmatism towards you becoming a father again because you've, you've fallen in love with somebody and you want to give her the family that she wants. Mm -hmm. And through your experiences, and because you know that you're going to be working a great deal, you know how difficult it can be a parent because you've been one on your own, you put those provisos in place. You said, look, I'm not just saying this because I want a young, fit wife and I don't want a a mum. I'm putting this in place because I know how difficult this is going to be. And I have to have this for me and I have to have this for you as well. That's absolutely right. So it's pragmatism from the heart, Greg, which doesn't come along as a pairing very often in life. Well, I I think I'm I'm lots
0: of things. Uh, I'm practical. I'm incredibly practical. And, you know, there is no substitute for experience. After raising two children, you know what's coming. You know what's coming and you know where the pressures are. You can see it. And I thought, right, there's just a couple of things we need. One is help and two is a holiday once a year. But uh, I've said this before. and In fact, it made loose women the panel of loose women cry with laughter. I said, scream with laughter. I said, I was really pleased when my wife had a baby because it was somebody at home more her own age to talk to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, so, so, Greg, let me ask you, um, you, you've got two very different parenting experiences and, and therefore, what, what I want to ask is how the style, your parenting style has changed over the 20 years. But we're looking at you raising Tom and Libby, and now we're looking at you with a little baby, but you've got the whole in laws, the whole Italian family have come under one roof, which is just lovely. So, how would you say your parenting style has changed over those two decades?
0: Wow, well, anybody who's a single parent, male or female, listen, it's, 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 it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be an incredible mathematician to work out the two people do in my experience a much better job than than just one Uh, that's not to say that a family should stay together if they're unhappy and that's not to say that single parents don't do a brilliant job Uh, but I found it so much easier two of us sharing it in fact a lot lot easier four of us sharing it from a personal point of view dad's point of view I'm just calmer I'm calmer and chilled at like 56 than I was at 30 years old Um, I'm just just more chilled and also you have a feeling that time is precious so you actually make a lot more time than you, than you than you would um beforehand before and it's just kind of it kind of goes by in a blur this this time round, there are definite benefits to having an enormous gap between one set of children and the other i would say two things one is i'm i'm much more patient and the other one is of course i'm a more experienced parent than i was the first time i sat down with my with my tom um you know we 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 love rugby together you know we do beer and rugby and and i sat down with him once and said listen tom i wasn't the best of dads you know i was i was away a lot it must have been difficult for you at times but i'm ready to listen son you know if there's anything you want to say to me it, it will be met with open ears Let, let's have a chat you know if there's anything you want to say and he looked at me and he went yeah that's a little bit deep dad do you want another beer <laughs>
1: You know, I think that but for you to no offer up to your son is, 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 is such a wonderful thing. And that's also a great answer to get as a dad, I would imagine as well, right?
0: Yeah, there was no way he wanted to waste his Saturday afternoon soul searching <laughs> with his drunken father. He was like, no, 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 stuff this. Let's, go, let's have another beer. I'm not ready for this right now. I'm not, I don't want to go there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned kind of having four of you around, which, which is great. And already, you know, touching on the relationship with, with Tom and, and, you know, even I, and I think, honestly, uh, for, for, it's not a generational thing as such, but I think for a father to reach out to, to his children and ask if they're okay and, you know, and, and to be aware that maybe you were absent at times or you feel that you were, you know, is a, is a, is a massive step. How are Tom, Libby and Sid together? What is it like when your three oh. kids are, are hanging out in the same room? Is that a real, are they the precious moments, Greg?
0: Well, they just love their baby brother. I mean, Libby, my daughter, I'm very proud of Libby. She's 24. She lives here, so she's around him. All. And the relationship between Libby and Sid is incredible. She so look at him like the dancehall, and she go, "Mate, look at the mess you're in. Sort your life out. Look at you. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? You're a mess, mate." and he just loves her he absolutely loves her Tom is more of a visiting uncle but something that almost um, something that is really sad really really sad is that we're not allowed to see each other because of this plague we can't all be around that's the one thing as soon as we're allowed because Tom lives in Bristol Mm -hmm. you know everybody else is in the house but Tom's with his girlfriend in Bristol so we're missing out not having Tom with us Tom's missing out not having time with, with the whole family, including his, his baby brother. I'll tell you how rugby mad we are. We're, we're big Wasp fans, and I, I'm a, I was a rugby coach. I've got two coaching badges.
1: Oh, I didn't know that, Greg. Oh, no, no. My,
0: my father-in-law, the Italian Massimo, doesn't really – he watches rugby with me, but he hasn't had a rugby upbringing. My son, Tom, my oldest son, who's a good scrum half, is going to teach Massimo – Sid's granddad basic rugby drill so Massimo can teach Sid because I'm away
1: so much film. <laughs> now about that for forward planning. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. ask you. know, obviously, instilling a love of rugby there it kind of leads me uh, nicely on. I think to, to work ethic and something I like to talk to the various parents I have because you know you're not just you're not just born a national treasure, Greg. You know, you, you've you've grafted, you, you've worked hard. You know, you worked in markets and as a greengrocer. And, I, and I'm not judging here, but so I asked the honest question Is it very important to instill that kind of work ethic into your children? Or, and ju- just you can say, or do I now use the influence and, the, and how hard I have worked to be able to make life easier for, for my children? Which, which cab would you fall into?
0: Whoa, that's a brilliant question. There's parenting right there. That's got to the heart of the issue. Yeah, which bits of your personality? do you think are worth giving to your children? And which bits of your personality is it worth protecting them from? How much help do you give them in forming their own characters? And how much help do you not give them to form their characters? My friend, you are a philosopher, and that is a genius, genius question. Um, I I would say this to any parent, right? I would say this, consider this, right? What you do as a loving parent is you remember your own insecurities as a child and as a young adult. And what you do because you love your children is you work really hard to make sure they don't suffer from the same insecurities. But let me tell you something, all right, as a seasoned dad, they then, while you're trying to protect them from the insecurities that you dealt with, they then go off and develop a whole set of insecurities that you never ever dreamed about. You're worried about what? Who signed off on that one? You were supposed to be good at sport. You were supposed to be popular. That was all it was gonna be. What do you do? You try to find out what it is that they want to be. So ask them, say, what does life look? This is teenagers, this is younger, this is not babies. I've I've found this useful. What does your life look like in five years? What does your life look like in 20 years? Right. Let's draw a plan on how you get there. Let's have definitive plans on what you want. Now, what you may want for them is not what they what they want. Find out what they want and then try and help them get to where they want to be. I think. Listen, I would use my influence to get my children jobs. I would also give them let loan the money or give them money to help. Mm-hmm. with their first deposit on a house. I'm very, very fortunate now that I, that I can do that. Um, I like to think my children have ended up well. They're the first members of my family ever to go into higher education. Uh, none of my family ever went to university. My, my two did. My daughter Libby, who's 24, got a first in contemporary theatre from Manchester Met and now runs my weight loss and fitness company, Show Me Fit. At 24 years old, she runs it. My son's got an economics degree. He doesn't like the world of finance. He doesn't like ties particularly. And he's, <laughs> and he's retraining as an accountant. So I'm very, very proud of him. Um,
1: I thought oh,
0: so should a be Yeah, you, you, you. i like, right, okay. Here's another one. Here's okay. what I said to him. Here's what I said to him. Listen, you're at school. You might as well work hard. You may as well work hard, right? And here's the reason why. Um, if you actually are trained to be a lawyer, but you fancy being a greengrocer, that's fine. If you're a greengrocer and you fancy being a lawyer and you're only trained to be a greengrocer, you have an issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know what? Your question was so so massive. I found it hard to bottle the answer. Well, no, Greg, you've done a really good job at answering it. it. And it is a big question. As I say, I didn't believe that there was any right or wrong answer to that. And, you know, and, and I think that you've you've given some great dad advice there and there's going to be much for, for myself and people listening to this right now to think about. There really is. Um, obviously, we, we can't have you on without talking food. Now, have you ever knocked something up as a dad for the kids for, for dinner and had them, you know, give you a bit of your own treatment back? I mean, I think that's what but everybody regular. wants to know. And have they gone, Dad, this is really nice, but your rice is a little underdone or anything like that. Does, does that happen? I I do you know what a bouquet garni is?
0: It's like uh, it's a bunch of herbs. It's a bunch of herbs that you, right. you you wrap together to sit. I once left that in a lamb stew, and they both <laughs> ended up with a mouthful of it. So that was the. <laughs> That, that, that was bad. Uh, yeah, You're not did, getting
1: an apron for that one, Greg. Gotcha. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I also made a French onion soup while drunk the last time Tom visited. And it was, he went, it's, uh, yeah. And it was a big bowl of grey sludge. It was like, it, it, the croutons were all right. The onion soup was absolutely terrible. No, they, they, they won't eat it, which is, which is fine. Um, my daughter's a Vegetarian um and she she cooks uh my son he he cooks he actually does really really good roast potatoes and really good chips myself but they yeah they will they will critique but living here with these italians they all cook
1: oh that's wonderful
0: everybody here cooks and one of the world's
1: great cuisines as well i mean if you you know you can't help who you love but if their family are going to move in italy just so happens to be one of the world's great cuisines doesn't it greg
0: I think it's the world's greatest cuisine. There you go. I, I, yeah, I do. You, it, lots of journalists are really intrigued by the fact that I live here with my in-laws. And this family vibe, I couldn't give my children growing up. It was just me and them. But they both love it here. They yeah. both love me. You've got to see it. It's not an English thing. It's not a British thing. But it's most certainly an Italian thing. It's not unusual for whole families to to live together. I personally love it. And I, I think it's just a shame that I couldn't give it to my two growing up. I, I think it's a it's a it's a fantastic thing, and I would I would recommend it to to anybody. Get your whole family in and around you.
1: There is. Well, I mean, but you're you're giving it to them now, Greg, and and it's nice that whilst you weren't able to give it to to Tom and Libby for myriad reasons, you are able to give it to Sid, and that's just another thing about having the gap that there is between, between your children because you kind of know what you wanted to give to them and, and now you're able to give it to your little boy and that's, that's a really nice thing to think about, Greg.
0: I, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, Tom says, oh my word, that little boy has no idea how lucky he is. He was like, what an environment. You know, how wonderful. But that's Sid. Libby, we run a business together and me and Tom, we have rugby. There, there's, you have to find the thing. You know, there is a thing that you'll be able to share with you. You just have to find out what it is. And also, your idea of success may not be theirs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it may not be theirs. You just have to find out what theirs is. I mean, my son, who saw me running businesses, losing businesses, being stressed, just actually when he got towards like a young adult, was like, I'll tell you what I don't want in my life. And that's pressure absolutely that so his ambition Mm. is to have no ambition which i think is is brilliant and we've sat down and chatted about it and i think he's right i think he's absolutely right so it'd be pointless me trying to push him into a world that he doesn't want to go in he 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 wants to be he wants to be the terraced house with the new car every three years and a summer holiday (laughs) and no pressure my daughter on the other hand wants to own the world which but you can't you can't push them in those directions No, they find it if you do want to push them in a certain direction if you do want them to share your interest the only way to do it is through fun that's the only way to do it so me and tom have this passion for rugby because rugby in the garden has always been a giggle it's always been dad and tom time and it's always always been fun
1: and obviously i mean it's 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 an old adage but if you can make things fun you can use that to keep kids fit you can use that to keep kids eating healthily. You can use that to, to educate children. If you can make things fun and the trick is, how do you make things fun and keep them entertaining for children as they get older, then you're kind of winning the war really on, on creating what will hopefully be a, a whole and happy adult when, when that time comes around. Um, let me ask you uh, to, to kind of go back to food um, eat well for less is a, you know, an incredible idea for a program. And I want to know what advice would you give to, to parents listening to this, when it comes to kind of cooking for their children, are there a few? Is there a top three almost, or are there some points that you think need to be hit?
0: Yeah, um, as a toddler, the one thing you do have control of is what you will and won't eat. So don't let it become a drama. If they won't eat something, don't force it. Don't let. It. And then as soon as they're old enough, if you want them to have a healthy attitude towards food, you as a parent have to have a healthy attitude towards food. If you don't cook, if you get takeaways all the time, if you're buying ready meals, what lessons are you passing down? What are you telling your children? Mm. What skill set are you passing? So I understand that people don't cook. It's mums and dads, if you don't cook, please learn. Please learn so you can pass that down to your children. Now, get your children involved in the kitchen as soon as possible. In supervision, give them knives. Give them pots of boiling water, give them fire under supervision. Get them involved in the kitchen so that becomes a fun place. With vegetables, take them shopping with you. Let play games on who can identify the vegetables. Let them choose one and cook it mm. every week. Let them know no what it is, no matter what it is, let them choose one. Yeah. Google a recipe. Let them cook it. Honestly honestly, you'll be breeding a massive cook foodie. You just, you'd
1: just be unaware. I they can order. see me now going, Evie, you sure you want sweet again? Daddy doesn't really... Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, that's really good advice. So if they pick that one vegetable, they're educating themselves. And when they're preparing it and you're preparing it later as a family, it's the thing that I chose. Like mummy and daddy thing. choose or whoever it may be choose these and I'm getting to choose this time. They chose it. Not only that, they cooked it. They okay. chose
0: the recipe, they cooked it. Honestly, you'll be breeding such a brilliant young cook. Honestly, I mean, listen, th- th- we live in the kitchen, those Italian. I mean, Sid's been in our arms stirring pots. Oh. I and mean, it's obvious, it's so obvious what's going to happen there. So obvious. Although, he loves fruit and veg and doesn't particularly like meat. So okay. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, you know, we're quite, apart from my daughter, we're quite enthusiastic carnivores. So... Okay. Don't what's going to there. We'll have to send you out in the garden to grades as we <laughs> tap into another
1: lamb chop. Greg, let me ask you, you know, obviously we, we're talking about, you know, cooking with kids and shopping with your kids and being around your kids and rugby and, and all that kind of stuff. But what would you say would be a good guilt-free parenting tip for you? What do you do to look after you as well as the kids? I mean, is is there something where you can step away guilt-free for just 15 minutes and kind of have a little bit of you time, whether that be with Anna or on your own? How would you kind of manage that in your house, in your lifestyle?
0: Mummy and daddy have got to get on for baby to have a happy life. Mm, So
1: yeah, and it's a tricky one, that.
0: Yeah, so make time, even if you diarise that time together. Doesn't sound very romantic. But that's why it will happen. Your mm. time together. Make sure it goes in your diary. When is it? You know, when can grandparents have baby? When does baby go down? When can you snatch some time together? It's vitally important. And the other important thing is, and it doesn't come without planning, plan your day. Where is the 20 minutes where you can go for a walk with your headphones on and listen to an audiobook? Mm. When is it? Mm. When is it? And can it happen twice a day? You know, you're not bad parents for wanting to have a breather. No. You're really not. Or do what we do, marry an Italian and move the family in. And then you just <laughs> pass the baby around. It's like fine. Yeah.
1: care, Perfect. Free childcare. I mean, but Greggy, you touch on an important thing. And the reason I asked the question really about, about the guilt-free parenting is because it's important for... It's important to look after you if you're going to do the very best you can to look after your child. I'm a big believer in that. And like when when my daughter, I mean, she's dropping her nap now, which is driving us insane. But when she used to nap in the day, I'd have absolutely no qualms of turning the phone off and just trying to grab half an hour for myself. I'd encourage my wife to do the same because then when we all wake up together, we're fresher, we're better for it. And, you know, and Evie's going to have a, have a better day, a better bath time, a better dinner experience.
0: Yeah, listen, if you can squeeze a nap in or even, I don't want to sound like an old hippie here, but I've recently got into like yoga breathing techniques. Nice, That's good. Some, yeah, this time for you is vital, mm. you know, your own time. But again, I'm, I'm maybe a little OCD, but I'm really into planning. You know, where may those gaps appear in your day? Where can you get those gaps? How important is it that you sit on the sofa at night? I mean, unless you're watching MasterChef, of course. Is it important or, you know, (laughs) is it better to get an early night and then get up early? Where can you put those? Because if you, in my experience, if you don't plan them, they don't happen. Mm. Where can you put in time for yourself? It won't happen by accident. There'll always be something to do. Unless, listen, you block out time to travel to work when we were allowed to travel to work. You block out time to work. Without knowing it,
1: you block out time to sleep. Block out time for you. Very, very good advice. Um, Okay, Greg, moving on now. uh, We're all aware of the concept of the dad joke. uh, But what I like to ask on the dad pod to all my guests is... Do your kids make you laugh? Uh, and if so, how? Uh, I've hit a, a lovely stage in, in my daughter's life where uh, she insists that um, daddy sits down and eats a poo-poo cake and have it with some poo-poo juice. Uh, and that's her thing that I, I have to do at least once a day. Um, little Sid, first of all, you know, he's around the same age, so he must be making you giggle frequently. How is he doing that?
0: Yeah, he likes to get down from the dinner table when he's finished dinner. He doesn't go to mum or nonna he goes to me or grandpa Then he wants to sit on our laps with his own spoon and finish off our dinner. And you can imagine <laughs> the mess, can't you? You can imagine the mess. That is, that, that's his thing. That's his thing. Doesn't do it at breakfast, doesn't do it at lunch, dinner time. Wants to get down off his chair and sit, sit with one oh, of the guys. Bless. Yeah, that, 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 make, that makes us giggle. Also, what makes us giggle is... He knows because there's certain films he likes and he'll be watching them in his chair and he knows when the songs are coming up. So he'll get off the chair and he'll start dancing (laughs) before the song comes on and then look round at us to see if we're dancing as well. (laughs) That is ridiculously
1: cute. Um, Greg, are you expe- only, because, only because Sid's the same age as Evie, have you experienced watching the same film or the same part of a film? I mean, honestly, at the time of record, we're into the early quarter of, of the new year. I'm still watching Christmas favourite Polar Express in little snatches. When we have some screen time, we watch Choo Choo, we watch the men come out with the hot chocolates on the tray and do the dance routine. And I'm still watching it now, Greg.
0: <laughs> well, no, ours is the Lion King right okay it's the like you know and, and and you'll wander around the house and you'll find one of the grown-ups like humming it or singing
1: it because you hold holding you're things un- aloft randomly
0: yeah you're, you're unaware it's just absorbed into your into your psyche because you just hear it so many times
1: um greg listen with speaking to you on this you've already given out you know so much excellent advice um Previously, um, Chris Kamara said it was really important for him, his children and adults, that he regularly checks in with them to see how they and their families are doing. Uh, Tim Minchin was like, just put your phone away, enjoy the moment in real life and stop trying to film it. Uh, Jeff Brazier said, as a parent, just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Uh, Rob Beckett said, just for a bit of you time, spend as much time as you can in the bathroom on your ablutions. Um, if we were to try and take another piece of dad advice from you, and as I say, you've already been so helpful, what would that one piece be for the listeners?
0: Be their friend. Okay. There, there, come, there, there comes a point where you're no longer in charge of discipline. Don't become such an angry voice that they won't come to you with any issue. If whatever it is they're doing in their teenage years, you want to know. They won't come to you if you're an angry voice by denying that alcohol, drugs and sex exist, won't make it go away. Be a friend. Always, always be a friend. Then you'll always know what's going on in their life.
1: Very, very nice. Um, And Greg, uh, again, something I ask of all my guests. Your children listen to this podcast in 15 years from now. What would you like to say to them?
0: I'd like to say... I love you, all three of you, very, very much. I hope I did a decent job. I hope I've always been there for you. Please let me know if I haven't. I'm sure I can put it right.
1: Well, that's lovely. That's and made me tearful, that as no, you, bad well, boy. Greg, I, it's, it's, it's made me tearful as well. And, it, and it's not the first time that someone has answered that question and had tears in their eyes as of I. So you're not alone in that. And that's really beautiful what you just said. And finally... There's an old saying about it's difficult to pick a favourite child. Yes or no, you don't have to name them. Do you have a favourite child? No, <laughs>
0: no, of course not. They're, they're all for different reasons. Sid, because he's mine and Anna's. Tom, because we share a passion for rugby together. He's, he's my rugby beer swilling mate. And <laughs> Libby, because we run, a, we run a business together. They're very, very, very different. One thing I now want is I want Tom away from Bristol and back here in Kent. Uh, closer to us in fact my Italian father-in-law doesn't understand it he just thinks Tom's a holiday he's like when's he coming home <laughs> he doesn't get
1: it <laughs> when's he coming home um, Greg listen it's been so much fun and so informative spending some time in your company I am very grateful for your time do send my love to, to Anna and Tom and Libby and Sid and the wider family and I, I know you're desperate to get everybody back together under that family roof so I can't wait for that to happen for you and the family so thank you once again for your time Greg Wallace Cheers,
0: Bless Greg. you, mate.
1: Bless you. A real pleasure chatting with Greg Wallace to kick off another run of my dad pod. I cannot wait to bring you the rest. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, then please follow the dad pod. Give us a nice comment and a review. And why not recommend it to someone who you think might find it useful? You can message me directly on Instagram, it's Dave underscore underscore insta, or email me, DaveBerryDadpod at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. So next time, I'll be joined by an explorer, a naturalist, a real-life action man, and a father of three. Steve Backshall will be my guest. So until then, thanks again for listening.